This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, the Ghost of Harrenhal, A Bannerman Has No Name, Lord Thanos of House Titan, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, the Mother of Cats, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Kendall of House Taylor, Sir Ryan of House Lothstrom, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Lord Hunter the Foulmouthed, Captain of the Guard, Sir Dustin the Rooster Knight, Captain of the Guard, Sir Ron of House Golson, Captain of the Guard. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 5, Predictions and Follow-Up Friday. Woo! Sir Ezra. Two episodes left, man. That's it. I know. I know. It's it's crazy. It's shocking. uh, mm -hmm. Seems kind of scary and kind of exciting. Yeah, I, I, I am just, I'm, at this point, you know, even, like, we did our initial reaction on Monday, came out Monday, I kind of felt like, I really don't know that I even have any more critiques left in me. You know, I'm just sort of like, mm-hmm. let's just see what happens, and I'll, and I'll really have to digest it as a whole, because yeah. I just don't know. From episode to episode, I, th- I kept saying during that episode that I thought I knew where this was going to go. And I wasn't so sure that, that I liked it. But then I read all these Ravens where people are like, oh, Sir Ezra, don't forget, this could still happen or that could still happen. I'm like, yes, thank you for reminding me. Okay. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, I'm excited too. I'm I'm nervous slash excited. A wave of emotions as we as we prepare for the final two episodes, man. So we're going to be talking some predictions at the end of the episode, right. reading some Ravens. Uh, hearing what you guys thought, we have some trivia to cover, and uh, yeah, a lot to dive into. So first, uh, people have been asking us, we've been getting a lot of these, about where can we follow you guys on social media? You can follow myself anywhere on the internet at Super Gains Bros. that's all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. Sir Ezra, where can people follow you? Yeah, you can find me uh, at Womperat underscore 2M on Twitter and Instagram, and mm-hmm. you know, Elsewhere's I don't know where I'm at. You know, I think I've got a I think yeah. I've got a MySpace page out there somewhere. I'm not sure that it's still functional, but I'd like to, I'd like to get it. You know, I'm sure somewhere I've looked for my I have a Zanga page. I'm no. sure it still exists. It's still <laughs> I mean it has to still exist, right? I guess I had one. I I had one all the way back in in high school. I had a Zanga page and I posted emo stuff because I was in an emo band. It was real cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great! That's people are going to be tracking that down like crazy now. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have a funny story about that. I should, I should tell you. I should, yeah. I should tell everyone at some point later. But today's not the time because we've got yeah. way too much to dive into. Yeah, yeah. We do. Um. Okay. So trivia. So last week's trivia question was: According to Bran, what kind of man is Theon Greyjoy? The answer uh, was a good man. And like 173 people commented. So it's crazy to think that there's that many people in the group and there's way more than that. Um, And this week's winner is Dustin Huntoon. So, Sir Dustin, uh, shoot us a message in the Facebook group and we can get that going to you. It would be a Funko Pop. So sweet. That's awesome. He he is a good man. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm happy that that was said. Still talking about Theon. We were talking about Theon with Order of the Green Hand and how epic that was. Right. Such a good conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so this week's trivia question is, this is it's always going to be something that happened in the last episode. Who supplies the Mother of Dragons with her coffee? Not really the most native uh, Westerosi drink, but uh, certainly something that took the internet by storm. I guess the showrunners just kind of forgot it was there. Um, but, but yes, who hold supplies on. I don't know that it wasn't supposed to be there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, do they not drink coffee? I mean, come on. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I feel like they do. So, 
I'm well, completely we know, okay with it being do there. You th- do, you think she, do you think she drinks it black, or do you think she uses giant's milk? <laughs> well, I don't know. Is that, maybe that's the reason it was just sitting there and it was getting you know cold, because she, she hadn't, she, the, the, the North serves it with giant's milk, and so she just couldn't handle it. Uh, yeah, she, she probably drinks it black, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to put a little ice cream in mine. Um, really? Yeah. You know. Yeah, a little ice cream sundae. In okay. My, in mine, so. I get you. So you kind of like you, you you make like a little masunday. Is that what you're saying? Yep. A little yeah. masunday. I hope that's how, I hope that's how you should pronounce it because we've been getting blasted for how how we pronounce it. So. Oh my god. Thankfully, we don't have to pronounce it anymore because well, <laughs> no, nah, I should I should st- I should stop before we get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Oh my gosh! Don't you ever talk okay. about me Sunday like that again. All right. Okay, I won't. Okay. Um. Here we go. Sirs, Matt, and Ezra. I started listening to your podcast at the beginning of this season, and I must say it's already becoming a highlight of my week. I had to send a Raven this week to share my predictions for the end of the show, which seem obvious to me, but no one is discussing. Then again, if I know anything about Thrones, it's that the, this perfectly logical conclusion I've drawn will prove to be completely wrong, and the show's answer will just will make just as much sense. That said, I can't help but shake the feeling that the final conflict set up between John and Danny is ultimately a smokescreen. I do think episode five will end with Danny taking her rightful place on the throne, but it will come at an enormous cost. The people of King's Landing will be uh, eviscerated and Danny will be far more feared than love. I believe in the final episode she will find out about the plot against her and attempt to execute Varys and Tyrion for treason. Varys will die, as foreseen by the Red Woman, in a fiery blast, but when Drogon turns to Tyrion, he will be hesitant. Danny will demand to burn him, and eventually the dragon will comply, only for Tyrion to remain unburned. At the same time, Bran, who desperately needs to be utilized on this show, will, revere, will, will reveal in a series of visions, including one from the Mad King from Season 6, that Tyrion is the son of Ares Targaryen, and thus a Targaryen by blood. This has been echoed in a number of ways this season. Bran and Tyrion, Bran and Tyrion have had quite a few moments in the shadows this season, and Bran has given him a number of knowing looks. Additionally, Davos' speech to Tyrion about the Lord of Light mysterious, uh, mysteriousness will, will seem to be foreshadowing Tyrion having an important part to play. And indeed, I think the final episode of the series will be will call be either called the Lord of Light or the Prince who was promised. Mm. And Tyrion's message to Varys that the best man for the throne would be someone who doesn't want it could easily have been referring to himself. Compound all of that with the scene of uh, Tyrion and the dragons from a few seasons ago in the pits of Marine, and I think the show's been trying to tell us this for over a few years. All of that said, Danny horrified will have Tyrion thrown in jail. Jamie or Arya, depending on who lives, will break him out, and John will have to forcibly remove Danny from the throne. Eventually, Tyrion will take the throne, bridging the rule of Targaryens and Baratheons slash Lannisters, and he will take Sansa as either his queen or form an alliance with her as she remains Warden of the North. I think somewhere in here we'll get some clarity on the meaning of identity of Lightbringer. It's probably John himself, the man. Uh, the Lord of Light resurrected, but Tyrion to me is the promised prince who will drag the realm out of a long night of tyranny. Not as many had assumed the literal long night brought by the White Walkers. Again, this could all be wishful thinking as my brain is trying to come up with the best possible conclusion to tie it all together, but revealing Tyrion's identity seems to be the only logical use of Bran at this point, and let's face it, they can't let him do nothing for the last two episodes. He's a main character. Thanks for reading my wall of text. Can't wait for these next two Sundays. Sincerely, Sir James of House Miller. Wow, yeah. I mean, really, Bran cannot sit by for two more episodes, can he? I think that's that's a good point, and, and not say something or not have some type of role. Maybe this next episode, for the most part, but that, that final episode, I feel like we got to have something from Bran. So... Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Bran is the Bran. Bran is the first character in the books to have a chapter. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it would end. It would start with Bran and end with Bran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I see. What, you know, Sir James is kind of saying the idea is is that that Tyrion will sit the Iron Throne and is a Targaryen. We've talked about those theories before. I think it's neat. It would be interesting. You would need someone like Bran to really fill us in. But you, you you get into the same problem that Danny has with the people who told John 
about his parentage, except for in this in this idea, Tyrion is like attacked by a dragon and survives, and the dragon hesitated. So that was kind of a cool little twist, I think. Or you know, that's that's one of those things that helps you validate a claim that you're a Targaryen, if you will. Right. So we were talking with again. I, I keep going back to just last night. Order the Greenhand was was talking about the idea that you know John when he is. He has that connection with the dragon and is able to ride the dragon before he reveals his true parentage to Danny. It that should have helped with the shock. She should have been able to have been like, you know, wow, okay, there's something going on here. If you study the histories, you can see like the dragon seeds and things. The, the reason that they were chosen was because they were somehow related or tied to or bastards of House Targaryen. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um the Tyrion is a Targaryen theory is something that we've covered a bunch. It's a big theory. I in the show, I I don't know if there's there's been an, enough of it. Yeah. Possibly the idea when Tywin talks about you're no son of mine. Uh, obviously, for those who don't know, the the big theory is um, in the books we get a lot more about Tywin and the Mad King and how they. Worked really well together for a really long time until the Mad King started to go mad. He made references at their wedding about how he wanted to. It's a shame that they didn't have the betting ceremony anymore so that mm. the king could kind of take a first shot at a, a new bride. Um, so we know that he possibly lusted after after Joanna. Yeah. After after Joanna yeah. and Tyrion being a dwarf and having two different colored eyes has always been a long, a long uh, belief. He has he has dragon dreams in the books. In the show, we see him not get bur- eaten or burned by the dragons. So there's there's that as well. Yeah, and you can there's a, a lot more too with with the history between Tywin and the Mad King and him being his hand and then getting bitter over time. And so so maybe some of that had to do with jealousy or just wanting right. to get back at, at, at Tywin so he hooks up with Joanna like that that could have been some of it so we don't really know there's not a whole lot there's not a lot of legs for it in the show other than the few things you've mentioned and that was mentioned by um our raven there but yeah it's it could still be a thing and mm-hmm. it just takes it takes a situation like the dragons being burnt or being unburnt um being able to I mean, doesn't Tyrion in the show go down uh, in and unshackle the dragons that happens in the show, yes, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yep. In Marine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's there's that's that's kind of going on. It's that's that's neat. Uh, so I could see it happening. It'd be neat. I I kind of hope that Tyrion is. I hope he lives. I mean, could you imagine if Tyrion dies? Like that's one of those things where I keep I look at a couple characters who I have in my head since the beginning just been like, no way. There's no way that that, that person's going to go, and he's one of those characters. So when I think that, it, it just it worries me that. Like, okay, I have it so set in my head that he's safe, but after the way he and Varys were were talking, Dave uh, said again last night, he was like, they're dead men walking. They're, they're, they're committing treason just by listening, by Tyrion not going immediately to Danny and saying, this is what Varys is up to. He's complicit, uh, and he's helping you know, Varys in a way, or letting Varys go about whatever his plan may be. It doesn't warn Danny, so he could be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Tyrion is going to be safe throughout the series. Um, Also, a big part of that Tyrion is Targaryen theory is the three heads of the dragon, which isn't something that's really ever been talked about in the show. It's obviously a bigger part of the books. Yeah. And people, I think, easily look at, well, John, you know, R plus L equals J, then you then Daenerys and then possibly Tyrion being that third head of the dragon, a third Targaryen. So that's where that theory comes from. If they went that route, I'd be really, really surprised in the show. I think it'd be cool. I have mm-hmm. always, even if Tyrion isn't a Targaryen, there's still something bigger about his character. There's still something I think that's 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 going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't really think they're going to go that way in the show, but if they did, I would love it. Yeah, it'd be crazy. It would be wild, and I think I think a lot of people. It's been it's 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 gotten legs in just fan theories and Reddit communities and things because people like the idea of it. People like Tyrion and, and we know that um, George likes the Targaryen family. So it'd be kind of, kind of neat to make that connection and 
yeah, we just we kind of have to wait and see. But I don't know. I yeah. wasn't a big a big believer in it, but I hear I just hear more and more people bringing it up, and they 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 find evidence for it. Um, well, not that uh, not that there's a lot, but people kind of hang their hat on a few on a, on a few solid uh, you know things there. So yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with it. Yeah, likewise. Okay. Um, okay, do you want to read this next one, Sir Ezra? Yeah. So let's see who do we have here. Lady oh, Liz, Lady of the Liz, land yeah. of Orange Men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here we go. Um, good day, sirs. I just wanted to send a quick raven about uh, episode four. It's taken me a long, <clears throat> a long time and a couple of rewatches to truly figure out how I feel about the episode. Just a couple of critical thoughts that I did have, though. One was on how they handled her scene, that being Sansa, uh, with the Hound. Sansa says she wouldn't have become strong as she was. As, as strong as she is now, if she had not suffered at the hands of Joffrey, Ramsay, um, Littlefinger, and Cersei. I understand the learning aspect of it, and she learned from that experience, but making it seem like she wouldn't have been, or that she would have been weak if she hadn't have gone through the torture and manipulation irks me. I feel like Sansa is strong despite her history. Uh, she could have still become the strong lady of Winterfell. Okay, point number one. Uh, the second small piece that irked me seems minor, but the internet has blown up over this fact. Um, <laughs> here we go. As a dog owner, I can't imagine ever leaving my two dogs. Uh, one like, uh, like like one is like I believe she has a dog like John, like a um, a husky, I guess maybe that John left there at Winterfell. That being Ghost. Uh, I I read that it uh, was for the sake of budget. Oh, boy. That'll, that'll hurt people. Uh, we had John and Danny ride dragons, and there wasn't even an, even a pet uh, for Ghost or like a... Amen. Like a, yeah, like a, like a, like a good a goodbye or attaboy or whatever. Uh, sending Ghost away, I feel like... Uh, I feel like there's going to... If they're, if they're going to continue to use the symbolism of direwolves in the show, like they have john's fate i can see going one of two ways okay so the so what she's saying there is that like remember on the pastor matt like when the direwolves leave you and yep captain says yeah like, like keep, keep them your, close keep your dire keep your direwolves close and you know sans is the first who lo- loses hers and mm-hmm. then she's kind of the one yeah yeah it goes through those troubles and right it's everything we just talked Absolutely. about in the first paragraph the first yep. point by lady liz there yeah he either dies or he ends up leaving and going north of the wall after all of this is over, direwolf symbolism has been alluded to in the show. When Lady was executed, uh, that can be seen as the death of Sansa's childhood or the beginning of it, uh, or the beginning of her, her adulthood. Uh, Nymeria's wildness has always been a good representation of Arya. Uh, Grey Wind and Shaggy Dog died along with Rob and Rickon, and Summer died representing the death of Bran Stark and the rebirth of the Three-Eyed Raven. Uh, apologies for the long raven. Overall, I'm not sure the series is going... I'm not sure where the series is going to end up. I uh, have mixed feelings about the episode, but most of the things that did bother me at the at the beginning of the week do not anymore. Uh, I I do still love the show, and I hope they manage to tie everything uh, tie everything up to a bittersweet ending uh, that they said they would from the start. So that's Lady Liz. And, you know, I think this is actually. How, how I feel sometimes at the start of the week, I'm just I'm really not sure. And, and as the week goes on, I get more Ravens and I think about it and I rewatch it. Some of the things that really either I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I mean, like I'm very optimistic and I don't always catch some of the little airs or, you know, the, the coffee cup that's left there. on the table. Uh, right. But, but uh, I don't know. I, and, I, and I try to find ways in my own mind to make things work and fit. And some people will say, well, that in and of itself is. You, should, you know, should should say something about how the show's doing. But I do that with even the best of films and the best of TV shows or books, and I kind of like to embellish and exaggerate and think in my own head that this is, you know, the way maybe that I, that, that, that it could have worked or here's, here's the reasoning behind that. We, an example of that, people have been talking about the military strategy behind episode uh, three, right? Three. And, just, and, and kind of why send the Dothraki out there. Why have everybody in front of that that trench pit, the fire trench pit, 
And I saw an interesting theory. I don't know where it's at. I, we have a raven. I just could not track it down. I saw it come through, and then I lost it because we literally have over two, 300 ravens that have come in this week. And it was the idea that Sam was retelling the story, and you find out that it's sort of from his perspective. And the idea is that he's not well-versed in that sort of thing. So to him, I can't remember if the trench was in front or behind us. I don't really know. I was panicked. I was running around like a crazy man. I was pissing my pants. That'd be... That'd be super cool. That'd it, be a super right? cool. Right? It was if, like if I, they, I, I feel like the, the Dothraki. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I feel like the Dothraki charged. You know, he just he's he, it just it becomes muddled in his mind. And uh, Sir Matt, you've always talked about point of view and, and how things can be mm-hmm. askewed. So maybe that helped me. I was sort of like, that's kind of cool. That's a cool thought. I'm not so sure that that's what's going to happen. But when I thought about that, I was like, maybe, maybe it is just a storytelling. And we're just, you know, even though we watched it, so it's a little different. But right. uh, yeah, I don't know. I the the Sansa comment. I mean, yeah, that whole bit with the Hound was. I'm glad she had that moment, and it was very similar to what Bran said to Theon, right? The idea is that all of those things, or to Jamie even too, like everything that you did brought you to this moment and where you're at. So Sansa exactly. was kind of even echoing that to the Hound. So uh, I still, I, I do still think she's strong regardless, and, and she it would have been a different type of strength. And you know, some folks are are kind of saying she may be the villain, so perhaps she wouldn't have been as villainous here at the end if she wouldn't have gone through all of that stuff with Littlefinger, Ramsay, Cersei, and Joffrey. That that could be the case, and she still would be a strong, um, good guy, if 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 you will, good. Uh, protagonist right. or hero of some kind, heroine. So, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts, yeah. Sir Matt? Um, for starters, I totally agree about the comments about Ghost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is It is disappointing. I, one of my favorite Twitters is a Twitter called Can You Pet the Dog? And it's an entire... <laughs> It's an entire Twitter based around video games, and it just it just shows pictures of whether in certain video games can you pet the dog or can you not pet the dog. Uh-huh. And uh, they blew their Twitter blew up on uh, Sunday night because they were receiving so many things. So they issued like a statement and they uh, just said uh, you uh, you cannot pet the dog in a Game of Thrones because they showed they showed John and <laughs> and Ghost. Uh. Um, and I highly recommend people check out that Twitter. Uh, it's yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the comments about about Sansa, uh, yeah, it is definitely possible that she could have become, she would have become a strong lady of Winterfell without going through what she went through. But I think a big part of, you know, whether whether it's superheroes or stories, um, experiencing death, experiencing um, trauma, I think always pushes people further in life. And that's something we see a lot in in stories. Um, sure. Ned Stark's death causes his, causes Rob to be inspired to raise the Northern Lords to mm-hmm. start winning to start winning a war. Yeah. Um, you're kind of forced to you you're forced to yeah, you're, step into the light and take action. Right. John John would have John may have a different re a different reaction to Daenerys had he never loved Egret. And same mm. with Daenerys. Daenerys, mm. if it weren't for her experiences with the Cow Drogo, um, she may not be the leader she is today. So, um, I yes, I definitely think it's possible Sansa could have become a, a similar character without those experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that you have to go through that, which I think is what Lady Liz is saying. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. To become a strong, a strong character. Right. Yeah. Di- yeah. Diff- different variations. It's it's sort of. Uh, what other influences would she have had uh, if she wouldn't have gone through Cersei, Littlefinger, Ramsay, all that, all that kind of stuff? She she would have been different, and you know maybe it would have been her mother influencing her, or the death of her family. It might have been more like what Rob went through, just being pushed into. that Well, I position. think if you look at I think if you look at um, Marjorie, Marjorie Tyrell shows yeah. up. Doesn't seem like she's really had a lot of strife in her life. She talks about how High Gardens, one of the most beautiful places in the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, their house is. A, the second most powerful, you know, rich, rich house in, in the seven kingdoms. And when she comes in, she clearly knows how to play the game of Thrones. She's a very yeah. strong character. Yep. Uh, she just, they make a bad alliance at the end with, with the faith. But mm-hmm. yeah. so it's totally possible that 
well, Sansa could have become a similar similar character. Yeah, exactly. And and Marjorie just may have had the, those experiences with her grandmother and maybe ladies at court, and she was more uh, trained for that. Uh, it, it seems like Sansa was always dreaming of going to court and dreaming of this. Marjorie's also a little bit older too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it feels like like Marjorie was. They knew from the get go that she was going to really maybe play a role at there at King's Landing or be involved in that Game of Thrones stuff. You know, Sansa being from the North, I don't know that they had penciled down from the beginning that she's going to be betrothed to the Joffrey or the king to or, or whatever, to, to a southern lord. So, yeah, it's just different. I mean, she has those dreams, but uh, no one's kind of like grooming her for that necessarily. So, yeah. yeah right. Good good thoughts, yeah. Lady Liz. I, I like it. Um, uh, Yeah, I want to read this one real quick if that's okay, Sir Matt. Okay, this go right just, ahead. Uh, yeah, th- this is Sir Sam, uh, the hammer here. Uh, we've uh, he's always in the Facebook group, been around since the beginning, and, and we enjoy his thoughts for sure. Always gives us good feedback, and so uh, we appreciate his presence. And I want to say before I read this, I keep referencing a conversation we had with the Order of the Green Hand, uh, Dave and Mary Ellen, because it was so. We were up till probably two or three in the morning last night talking. Oh my to god, them. yeah, it's crazy, crazy. So some of what um, Sam the Hammer says here, I'm gonna tie into that conversation and that will probably post Saturday or Sunday. So be ready for that. It's just going to say order of the green hand collaboration. It's a, it's a, it's a good talk and, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But so here we go. Uh, Sir Ezra and Sir Matt, I just wanted to play devil's advocate and get your thoughts on the show writers. The general consensus of the group seems to be that since the show has moved away from Gurm's source material, the plot and the writing has gone awry. The fault for this has broadly been laid at the double at at, uh, at the double D's door. <laughs> uh, people will even go so far as to attribute plot elements to one or the other based on how good they were, i.e., that must have been given to them by George, or quote, "There's no way it's going to happen like that in the books." We often give George all the credit uh, and Dave and Dan all the blame it becomes a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because essentially Gurm hasn't created anything in a Song of Ice and Fire storyline for almost a decade. What were considered to be mysteries or intrigue in the early seasons are now dismissed as plot holes as we close in on the end of the show. What if the source material is to blame? We often talk about this neat bow analogy of all of Gurm's threads coming together in a single satisfying conclusion, but maybe it isn't going to. What if all these threads can't be resolved? What if that is why the books are now such a struggle and taking so long? Oh, boy, I have thoughts on that. Uh, mm-hmm. what, if, what if the existing material is the problem, leaving the show to do whatever they can to wrap up the conclusion? Gurm originally planned the series to be a trilogy, then four books, then six books, and now currently seven books. The publishing history of A Song of Ice and Fire is one of missed deadline after missed deadline and an ever-expanding canon as the author struggles to contain the world he has created. You know, I just see Gurm like, it's, it's getting right. out of control. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, it's not a just new sitting character. there with like, stacks, get here. stacks and stacks of books around yeah. him and ideas. Yeah. He's just buried in this. He's just like, this is, uh, this is out of control. All right. Can anyone really bring all these threads to a satisfying conclusion that makes sense within the scope of the show, the books and the wider world of Ice and Fire? Uh, at the moment, it doesn't even look like George can. Sir Sam the Hammer. Um, Sir Matt, if I may, I'm going to toss Go this right to you in, in just a second. I have said since we started doing YouTube and since we, you know, years ago, we're doing reactions and talking about this. I was I was telling you, I was like, man, in the books there are hundreds of thousands. There there hundreds, two thousand, maybe there's thousands of characters. That I just I'm like, how do you tie all this up? I, I I was just like, it's it's crazy. And as you said, we I think you said this last episode. Hey man, there could be a you know a Septa Baylor situation where we blow everybody up or we get all those characters in the right spot, and then Cersei does something, and that may be what George has to do to kind of end some of those lines or those threads that are weaving through the story. So I, I, I get that. The bit about the showrunners, I have said, you know, they're in a tough spot. 
George is also, I think, in a tough spot. He's the way he writes, like the the writing seems to evolve, the characters evolve, and certain things kind of grow on him, and he likes where that's going. Oh, I like I like what's what's happening here with Arya and her development. Let me take that a step further. Even though he has a, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have stuff, a foundation and an outline. He definitely does. So those core characters, I feel like there's things in a Game of Thrones that I just look at Lady Stoneheart, look at the Hodor stuff. I mean, even though that hasn't happened in the books, it's there's some really cool nuggets that have been laid in there from the get-go that he is driving towards, and, and they're epic. But other characters emerge in different uh, ideas or, or thoughts maybe come to George, and he, he includes those in the story. So I, I, I get how that's tough. And we were talking with uh, Dave and, and Mary Ellen, and they said, think of it as in mountains. And I liked this analogy. Let's say George said, hey, here's an event. There's this mountain right here. They, all the characters have to get to that mountain. And then, way off in the distance, they have to get to that mountain. Now, I can't tell you how they get there, but, they, but here's a couple events that mm -hmm. I have planned. This mountain, that mountain, then over here they have a battle. Right. And it was, it's D&D's job to kind of guide the characters to those major events because that's what George has given them. So, so we don't really know what right. he's given them. And also, it may evolve along the way. He, he may find out yeah. that, you know what, I thought this you know, character was going to make it to the mountain, but he's, he's not going to. Yeah, you know me, Sir Ezra. There are many paths to the top of the mountain, but the view is always the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's I think that's that's true. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think the showrunners were put in a really tough position because, you know, I don't know if they signed up. I I doubt they signed up to finish, um, you know, George's books. I think, yeah. I think it was pro it was probably a Harry Potter situation where they said, okay, he's going to keep pushing out the books as we go along. Mm -hmm. And we're just directors. Right. And then they're essentially forced to write new material. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't think you can blame them for everything. Um, I do think you can blame them for some things. Yeah, a little inconsistency um, in, in this, the show. In this, last in this last episode, for for example, they said, how did they not see the fleet? And mm. in the after episode, their response was, well, Danny just kind of forgot about the fleet. That <laughs> seems quite lazy. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Or a we just needed to get them there so that this could happen uh, kind of kind of an answer. Um, yeah. The Starbucks, th the Starbucks thing is nah, th that, hap that, that happens. That happens. Yeah, that's th that happens. Um, there's 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 episodes where you can go back and uh, when certain when Jamie is in uh, King's Landing during the uh, season five. Yeah. Season five with the uh, where they're dealing with the the faith and you can see a parking lot in in the background and you know oh, in, really and harry and, and harry potter there's a there's a shot where you can see a cameraman mm -hmm. um so i mean small stuff like that happens that that is what it is it's not it's not the end of the world yeah um yeah. well but so, but real real quick one thing real quick mm -hmm. um i mean i definitely think they've done a a decent job um it may not be the ending we want but it's also entirely possible that the books are not the ending that we want. So sure, we we won't. We're never gonna know until the books come out. Yeah, and we can and compare it, right, and and we can compare. And it's because they chose to start this series before the books were finished. Um, yeah. that's the situation we live in, and now we'll always be second guessing. If the if the books end the same way, then we can look back and say, okay, well that's what they were given if it ends differently mm -hmm. we can say well it's so it's it's a tough it's tough yeah it, it is and and uh i was listening to lady guinefer from radio westeros and I've, I've heard her mention this two to three times on her podcast which is she interviewed george i believe or she was referencing an interview sound like she actually interviewed him but anyways he seemed like i mean you can almost like according to her feel the disappointment coming from him and that he didn't get to finish the series that he that he thought he was going to actually be able to get it done and he was surprised at how quickly the show caught up to him and you know in his mind it was going to be 10 seasons and they would have done more in a feast of crows and they would have stretched some of this out or, or what have you uh not killed stannis kept him around <laughs> so th right. there are things that were you feel for him because he's like man i thought i had time and and then the showrunners are just like well you know we're we're uh, responsible now for finishing this out as you say we've got to write something you've given us a couple different things and and now at this point he's not going to go back and say like all right guys here's winds of winter you know what i mean I, I, he's he's not going to do that that's not uh, maybe he did i i don't know but 
Because if he did, then then a lot of people are going to be shocked and say, and as as uh, Sir Sam the Hammer is saying here, is it something that Gurr gave them, or did they come up with it? Where are you going to lay that air quote blame? It's easy to do now because we don't have the books, and you can say, well, that's not going to happen to the books. I don't know, man. We we have no idea. Like you could do a lot in what. I mean, uh, he brings in John Connington. He brings in Young Griff out of you know, not out of nowhere, mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. yeah. Like when you read it in the books, you're like, "Who? Where? John Connington? Yeah, he what? John Connington and Young Griff show up in a Dance of Dragons. Yeah, so that becomes your alternative to like, okay, well, here's another mysterious young man who who could fit the profile of the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna or or what have you, and or Ashara, situ- whatever you want to say. There's there's something there, and. So that comes out of nowhere. What what is he going to do in Winds of Winter? Maybe he start. Maybe there's another thread here that starts to develop where Arya is on a path to uh, killing the Night King, and there and there is a strong correlation between the House of White and Black and the Children of the Forest, and the Children influenced the creation of the Faceless Men. You know, I mean, if that starts to emerge, well, by golly, then okay, that yeah, that's what George wanted, and that's maybe why they tried. They 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 went the way that they um, that they that they went about it. Yeah, I, it it's it's just tough. So, so Sam's yeah. right. It's it's they're in a tough spot, and I feel bad for George. It's one of the most interesting things I I, I think that's ever happened, right? I mean, it's such a yeah. no, huge absolutely. huge TV show, and it's not the series is not finished, and I think it blew up too. I don't think George thought it was going to be as no, I don't, I don't uh, either as a bi- th- this big of a hit as he did when he first said, yeah, go for it. Because sometimes shows don't make it, you know. He said, oh, right. we'll give it, we'll give it, we'll give it a go. He wanted to see it completed. Um, but then, and he thought that he had plenty of time, so. It's just yeah, I mean, especially about a book series that, up until that point, it was not as big as, you know, when they did the Lord of the Rings movies, the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings is a classic. Everyone, yep. I mean, people people know people know what it is. I read The Hobbit when I was in, like, fifth grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, I had never, I never knew existed until yep. the show came out. Yep, that's how, that's how most people were. I mean, they're, they're. Right. Uh, most people did not did not understand it. The only I knew about it because there was a rumor that Wheel of Time and Game of Thrones that that they were wanting to develop a, a show out of one of those two series, and I picked the mm-hmm. wrong one. I read Wheel of Time, actually, great well, series. I wouldn't say the wrong one. I wouldn't say the wrong one either. Yeah, I, I picked that. <laughs> I, either one. way, I wouldn't say the wrong one. Yeah. So I read that one, and then I was like, oh well, and I I got halfway through, and they started with the Game of Thrones stuff. So then switch gears. Hop into Game of Thrones. And yeah, then... and you know, and actually, though, bringing up Wheel of Time is is actually a really good point because a lot of people have said, "Well, what if Gur dies?" Um, yeah, because he is he is an old, he is an older guy. Um, you know, if you read a Wheel of Time, you know Robert Jordan's enormous fantasy uh, series. Yeah. How long? It's like fifteen books, right? I think. I uh, fifteen or thir- thirteen or fifteen. I'll look. Yeah, Thir- 13, fi- 13 to fifteen books. You know, Brandon Sanderson comes in. I think it's fifteen. Brandon Sanderson comes in and finishes the last three books, and it feels different. It definitely feels different, and that may be what happens here. Is it's possible it may take Gurr? It's possible Gurr may only finish Winds of Winter. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And just, so and, um, never, and 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 never finish uh, the last you know the last book. So mm-hmm. and then we'll maybe we only have his manuscripts to go off of, and somebody else comes in, or maybe this is what we end up getting um it's, it's essentially different. actually that's a that's a really good point so it's it's a 14 uh book series and there's a there's a the 15th book was the prequel as you said so 15 books right. yeah 15 books. uh but when brandon zanderson has to take over it it's like you know his, um robert jordan's wife and actually robert jordan i think kind of is is involved in in selecting him and so well, maybe, maybe, maybe him. not but yeah either way he's in a position that's kind of similar he has to finish something you know what i mean he he right uh, and he couldn't go back and ask well, Robert and, Jordan, and, and I don't Brandon, know how much they and, can ask George. And absolutely, and Brandon Sanderson's writing style is so drastically different because um, Robert Jordan. One of the reasons for people who haven't read that series, one of the reasons the series goes so long is because Robert Jordan, much like Gurr, I think Gurr obviously draws a lot of inspiration from him because he's yep. referenced him before. Um, he spends a lot of time really crafting this world. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't just talk about if you walk into a scene 
and there's food on the table. He's going to explain every single detail that there is. You know, there's crumbs. They were as large mm. as an ant, you know, as, right. as long as you as long as you can go. And and Gurr does that as well, where they're trying to not just tell a story, but create a world. Mm-hmm. And so then when Brandon Sanderson comes in, it's OK, well, I need to finish this. I need to finish it now. And things start getting really choppy. All right. We need to get this character here and finish their story whether they die or move somewhere else or whatever so it starts getting really choppy yeah and things get kind of lost and i still think it ends uh wheel of time ends okay sure um but it's um, it's a tough spot for you know, brandon to be in though it's it's look at look at look at where it is now maybe maybe these maybe the showrunners were saying you know this whole azora high stuff not really what the show watchers want and at the end of the day it's possible it's not even that big of a deal. So let's just kind of get past a lot of that and just get to Arya killing the Night King. Because um, mm-hmm. that's because the bigger story is is the Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Well, we actually have a raven about that. The the idea that it's not. And, and let me jump to that raven real quick because it fits right hey, in. Let's exactly. go right ahead. Let's go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Lady Melanie. Um, I'll jump down here. It's, I'm going to skip one, uh, Sir Matt. So, hi there. Usually I'm only a listener to your wonderful podcast and refrain from writing like this, but I simply have to, after having heard your uh, last episodes, I do not read any forums, Twitter, Reddit, so please forgive me for uh, jotting things down that you might have heard many times before. It's totally fine. We get that. Uh, at first, I was perple- I was perplexed that the war against the White Walkers was only an interlude and that so many of the characters have survived. After giving it more thought, it seems to me that Gurm's overall intention is to take us back to like the true nature of humankind. Um, let's see, imagine that the characters survive the, exis- the existential battle against evil slash death, and after that, they forget their alliances. The craving for power or revenge gets stronger again, and people lose their lives for this irrelevant battle for the throne. Like Masande, history repeats itself, but mankind will never learn. To me, this is the pessimistic quintessence of Game of Thrones. To me, this is the pessimistic quintessence of Game of Thrones. I wonder why people miss Bran or the Night King's motivations. In my opinion, they do not need any. As far as I understand it, Bran is the collective memory of mankind, and the Night King is the personification of evil. As such, they do not need any motivation for doing this. They just do slash are. Uh, thank you very much for your podcast. Greetings from Germany, Lady Melanie. So the idea is that um, all you know, we 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 make these alliances and we come together as a group to destroy evil. We have all these alliances. We we forget our, our our old bickerings, and then afterwards we revert right back to right. the way we were before. You know, so yeah. th- I think that's interesting. I mean, it reminded me of kind of like some of our great wars, some of our great world wars that we've had. Um, mm-hmm. Some alliances have continued and, and and different things, but some haven't. You know, or things have deteriorated, and people go back mm-hmm. to their own. How do we? Uh, what what's what I'm, what I'm trying to say? Like kind of um, back to their own self interest, if that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if, look at Jamie. Jamie does show up to fight for the living, and yeah. then now he's going back to Cersei. So I mean, that happens, yeah. right? So it's kind it's kind of like I've uh, I remember I remember watching an interview with um, Bill Clinton because I I really I like Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel has asked all the presidents that have ever come on his show about. Um, aliens and, and ufos and if they were if they were real <laughs> yeah. and he had bill Clinton, he had bill clinton on once and it's always a joke because obviously you know they're real whether yeah. they well, they are real but <laughs> of course the presidents can't say that and so bill clinton once said um on there he's like he says you know think about it if if they actually did show up i think a lot of our, our differences would quickly would suddenly be solved because we would all as a planet earth have like a common enemy um oh. and so and so yeah i think that happens too and that, that's Part of my issue with I mean, the with the with the way the Night King went down in the in the show, I was kind of hoping it would force them all to fight together. 
Mm -hmm. um, and still possibly have some backstabbing along the way. Because even it does happen a little bit if you think about Sansa in the crypts. She's in the crypts of Winterfell while this battle that may kill everyone is going on and she's still playing the Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I thought that would have been a really cool thing to do where you could have forced a lot of characters down to King's Landing. Um, Cersei could have been really upset being, you know, if you had all done your job, none of this would be happening. Um, kind of a story arc I thought would have been cool. But, yeah, I, I totally agree that the idea of a common enemy and then afterwards, OK, now it's time to to get that mm -hmm. get back to our, where, we, where we were. Yeah. Yeah. So so maybe that is gonna that's maybe that's the way it's gonna roll out in the books people have been kind of upset like well why wouldn't the night king situation be at the end well maybe that is the way george is going to do it and it's this commentary on the way we are as you know humans mankind mm -hmm. so interesting mm -hmm. all right uh i think we have, let's go uh, back here to lady jessica oh okay you got this one uh sure now um oh wait sorry let me go back to her beginning hi guys it's lady jessica for Colorado. Um, after watching the latest episode, I have to say I love the beginning, but as the episode went on, it, I became annoyed. But also feels like we are getting back to the old Game of Thrones, where everyone is plotting against each other. I absolutely loved uh, when they said goodbye to the ones they had lost at the feast. I loved the feast more. It's where I felt old Game of Thrones coming back. One minute, it's easy going. People are laughing having a good time. The next you are having people um, doing power plays like Daenerys legitimizing Gendry and making him a lord, believing uh, so that he's loyal to her. Not sure if this was a good move on her part because the one person who Gendry is going to be loyal to the most is Arya. To be fair, Daenerys doesn't really know about Gendry and Arya, however. The one thing that really sold me on this episode was finally getting uh, Jamie and Brienne to hook up. I also knew this was something that would make Jamie leave. As much as I hated this part, it was so powerful you could see the inner battle that's raging inside Jamie. If they don't get back together, or uh, there's still a chance of Brienne to be pregnant with Jamie's baby. Now for the things that irritated the hell out of me. The first was how Daenerys doesn't seem to care about most of her troops are tired. They just got done fighting one of the biggest wars, and now they're going to go fight in another. The people are going to be running on empty pretty soon and not worth much when it comes to the true fight. But Daenerys said something in the lines like my enemies are not going to lay in wait, which she has a point. And that leads me to my next irritation. Daenerys knows she has her enemies um, around and are going to be looking for any opportunity to take advantage of her. So here she is riding her dragon, having the other one right beside her, not having a care in the world. Uh, and having her fleets just moseying on around, and no one is on high alert. They are close to enemy territory and should have been on full alert. It just makes me mad that no one is even looking out for this. And because of this, they lost a dragon and a pretty good por portion of their fleet. Maybe they should listen to, Sans to Sansa. The other thing that irritated me uh, until I talked to my friend who was getting her PhD in human behavior was how John was acting during the military meeting. He keeps acting like Danny can do nothing wrong while his family is all wrong about her. My friend says that instead of focusing on his words, we should be focusing on his body language, the way he is more tense around Danny, relaxed around his family and friends. And in the meeting, he looked um, how he was trying to communicate silently to Sansa with the slight shake of the head. Not sure if she's right, but I, ho I sure, uh, I sure hope she is. I've seen in a couple of posts suggested the same thing. Uh, I've seen a theory that says John will head back to the wall once it's all said and done. If this happens, why go through all the trouble of revealing his heritage and making it a big deal besides giving Danny someone to, uh, to compete for the throne with? I just don't see the reason to go through all this trouble and have him go back to the wall or beyond the wall. If you have any ideas about this theory, uh, I really, I just don't like the idea of him going back to the wall. Uh, thanks for listening to my rant, Lady Jessica. Um, yeah, so... Let me uh, piece some of this together here. Um, yes, it does seem like Danny is really rushing into the Iron Throne, um, mm -hmm. not not waiting, and that's making her a little bit reckless. I think, though, that that's okay because that's kind of been her character. She, Tyrion advises her a lot of times not to do something, and she just does it anyway. Um, and that has caused her problems when she murders or, you know, when she executes Sam's parents, that causes. Sam to be the first one to really kind of push John against Danny. Um, so remember that John, uh, Sam was really the first one to say, why are you going with her? Then you have Sansa, his family air quote, um, 
saying, hey, why are you going with her? It's possible that the next person to do it will be Davos once he sees something, once mm-hmm. he sees something wrong, if he sees something wrong as well. So um, I think that's where they're kind of going. And then John will see enough, enough, enough. And then finally something's going to happen because I do think we're going to get that John, uh, Danny uh, fight. So then the other part is, yes, I have read there's there are some of the potential um, leaks. So if you don't want to listen to any of this, uh, just tune out for a second. But, yeah, I have read some of the potential leaks or spoilers that at the end, John is going to go back to the wall. I think that would be really dumb. And at this point, now that every episode we get through, it makes things less and less, and less likely to happen, something because at some point we're going to run out of time. Um. And so I just don't see a situation in which, to me, the wall is done. Because I think the Night King stuff is over, over. They'd mm-hmm. have to really do a 180 to bring any of that back. So right now I see no reason that the wall should even exist because it's half, part of a big portion of it is tore down. So I do not believe into that leak slash spoiler slash theory at all. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've, I've said, I think this was the last episode, or maybe it was last Friday, we were kind of talking about the idea that John may, if there's that fight between he and Danny, I don't know if it's like his forces versus her, or if there's just like a verbal, you know, back and forth exchange, or is he going to see that she's going crazy or needs to be put out and he pulls her in close and ends her, you know, takes the dagger and, and kind of uh, puts an end to Danny. That would be crazy, but I've seen people kind of talking like, Maybe they will. That maybe things will get that bad. It'll get to that point, and all of his friends will be like, "You see, she's doing things that just that 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 aren't good for Westeros, or not are not good for the realm," as as Varys would say. And so, if he does plunge that dagger in there, either he's either he's he's going to take the throne himself, or if he doesn't, then I feel like someone's going to have to say, "Well, that, that wasn't a good move," or maybe that wasn't right. Uh, they could pardon him. I mean, it's, that's Jamie Lannister. That's what happens with he's a Kingslayer. Uh, the 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 rebels end up being, you know, king and and great lords and stuff in Robert's rebellion, but maybe if it's Tyrion who takes the throne and he says, "Hey, you're gonna go rebuild the wall." Why? Because I said so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, or he's imprisoned, or he executes John. Yeah, if yeah. he ends up killing Danny, you know, like that that could be that could be something. I've I've read like I don't know that spoiler. I don't know what that is, but I've just I've read people talking about that idea. And I'm like, dang, that hurts. That hurts me. Yeah. To think about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so I don't know. We'll find out next week. Yeah. So. All right. I think we have uh, one more Raven. Uh, or two more. Yeah. Uh, we have we have one more Raven, and then kind of an origin story. Um. So and they're the last. They're both pretty quick here. So, uh, this is from Lady Alea of House Alyssa. Um. New fan of your podcast. I could be completely wrong, but please look at season one, episode seven, starting at 23 minutes. Robert Baratheon is in bed uh, for this is where he's bedridden about to die and demands everyone out of the room except Ned. And he wants him to write him his last rights. Ned writes the rightful heir instead of Joffrey because he found out that Joffrey is a Lannister. But to me, this means something. What if Gendry is the one? Something major uh, happens due to him. I'm over here rewatching season one, drinking champagne. So I could be off my rocker, but I think my scroll is uh, going to come into play at some point. It's probably totally off because the scene made me go, oh, my God. Love your podcast, Thinking Out Loud. So, um, yeah, the letter that he has gets, uh, well, that's not true. He sends one, doesn't he send up one copy to Stannis? I know Cersei rips, Cersei rips, Cersei rips it up in front of Barristan Selmy. Oh, okay. That's where Barristan says, "Those are the king's words." She says, "We have a new king now," uh-huh. um, and like the paper is is meaningless. Yeah, I can't remember if he sends one to. I know he does. I know he sent. He does send. He does send notice to Stannis um, about mm-hmm. it. Um, I yeah. I don't know if it. I don't know if he made an exact copy of that letter. I like. I can't remember season one right off the top of my head right mm-hmm. now because I'm so involved in season eight, but. Um, it is still the Gendry role now that he is Lord of Storms End, could still be something that came in at the very, very end. If they did something where they just wanted to give the throne to somebody else and they want and the, all of this warring was for naught. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if a Targaryen sits the, sits the sits the throne, then all of Robert's rebellion was for naught because the Targaryens just get put back in power. Um, 
what so I I could I could see them I could see them going going that route, but um, they have already they've mentioned now that he is he is Gendry Baratheon, and uh, Daenerys has already claimed him that. So that is uh, something that could that could end up being is let's say let's say John, Danny, and Cersei all die. I guess that would kind of make Gendry the the next claimant mm-hmm. to the throne. So yeah, yeah, and and not to jump ahead here, but we did have another uh, Dakota Shuck kind of said kind of said the same thing, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in that the the theory is it's no secret that Gendry is Robert's son, but what if he's not a bastard? Uh, I know he was legitimized in Episode Four, but he may have always been legitimate. Cersei told uh, Cat when she was sitting. Uh, with the unconscious brand that she had a son taken from her quote a beautiful black-haired boy she said the boy was taken from her and she never even went to the crypts to see him so what does that mean uh the, the boy may not have been dead the boy may have been gendry a little later in season one episode four ned is seeking out the information from john aaron uh why he was supposedly killed ned asked gendry what questions john had asked him and gendry told ned that lord aaron Ask about his mother and what she looked like. Gendry responded to this question. His response to this question was, and get this, he responded, quote, she had yellow hair and would sing to me sometimes. Granted, he also said she was dead, but maybe that is what he has been told. Uh, he was young there. Uh, there was no way of knowing for sure. I know this theory slightly goes against the frog woman's prophecy. However, the show has never really followed details when it comes to prophecy. Uh, so maybe this can continue uh, to the war to come. Also, if this were true, Gendry would hold the strongest claim to the throne. I don't. I hope I don't sound crazy, but I thought this was worth sharing with the podcast. Keep it up, Dakota Shuck uh, from House Shuck. There. So yeah, kind of. It kind of goes along with um, uh, with with Lady Leia thoughts on right. on on Gendry. You know, being. A Baratheon, all, all like all along, and not just now. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's possible she, um, if especially with the with Tyrion talking about the baby, if it is uh, when he's talking to Cersei, we don't you, you love your children, and then it's, it's possible she's she, it, that he is. It's mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's much more plausible in the books. There's a lot there's, but um, yeah, I just don't I don't see it happening. In, yeah, in the show. In, I in think the show, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be a that'd be a lot to. It's a lot, yeah. And, and again, you would need another another brand come in there and, and explain all of this to us and and everything. And it, it it would be it'd be tough. So, right. But yeah, cool. I just wanted to kind of a couple people had mentioned similar things there, so we thought we'd I wanted to lump those in together. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I think we have just an origin story. Yeah. Um, okay, so this uh, something we haven't done in a while. We haven't we haven't we haven't had one of these in a while, but we do like to read people's kind of Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire origin stories, just how you got into them. Uh, this is Lady Brittany. Hello, sirs. Not sure if you still like to hear people's origin stories or not, but I figured it would be fun to share mine since I just uh, jumped into the group unannounced. Uh, we just anybody can jump into the group whenever yeah. you'd like, and absolutely. we do absolutely like still hearing them. Uh, it's been a long time since last July, silent listener of the show, but with the new season, I knew I had to join the group conversation. I'm never on Facebook anymore, so I'm literally just here for Ben the Knee. Pretty much me as well, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and say. Yeah. Um, I had been a late bloomer to the show. I hardly watch TV and never commit to anything until I figured uh, if it's worth it or not. Starting after season six to prep for season seven premiere and was initially and was initially sucked into Girls World. Believe it or not, I've avoided every spoiler on the show up until that point and was just as surprised as everyone who started watching day one. Once season seven ended, I knew I had to read the books to fill the gap and found a YouTube channel that was doing a chapter by chapter read along uh, and book show comparison. I said, this is per- this is perfect. I said to myself, well, they stopped creating content in A Clash of Kings right before the Red Wedding, and I was devastated. How was I supposed to understand what was going on? How could I make those deeper connections and see the hidden elements uh, being a first-time reader? I didn't want to miss anything, so I put the books aside for a bit while life was crazy. Then I found you guys. I obviously, uh, I'm, I was obviously further in you than you are in your read, read through on Ben the Knee, but you both gave so much background detailed and made mention of future events. Someone called those spoilers. 
but I felt I already had the gist from the show. Uh, that I felt confident in picking up the books again. With your guys' help, I still had a basic understanding of those things when I got to them in the books and didn't feel completely lost. I'm happy to say I just finished my first read-through this past week and I moved on to the Dunk and Egg series thanks to your suggestion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, nice. Thank you for what you guys do. My answers are not always as well thought out as some, but I do love hearing everyone's thoughts, feelings, and theories, regardless of what my standpoint is. So excited to see what comes now. Lady Brittany. Yeah. And Lady Brittany, we appreciate your thoughts and, and exactly what you said there. We, I mean, we read some crazy, we read some awesome Ravens that make us think. We read some just short, quick comments. We read some in-depth, I mean, Lord Adam Parker, thanks for all the work he does. We read some crazy 12-page documents. We love just reading everyone's thoughts and, and discussing that and having you guys discuss in the group. So, uh, so spot on there. Love everyone's thoughts and feelings and theories regardless of what our individual standpoints are. I have my own that I sort of, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out exactly mm-hmm. where I stand on certain issues. And some days I like this and some days I don't like it. So I'm, I'm kind of like yeah. back and forth. I'm always just, I'm, the show is, it's got me, it's got me shook here. I just need it to, to wrap yeah. up so I can <laughs> yeah. get everything. Uh, I do, I do have one uh, very, very quick, uh, very brief last one here as this yeah. is from Instagram. This is Lady uh, Kiera. Uh, she just talks about how we remember talking about how um, Daenerys's costume has become more red. She noticed a lot in in these this season that we've seen more mm. red in her costume. Um, one thing I will say, um, I think uh, the the costuming in the show is something that's always it's they take so much time and effort to it. Um, yeah. It's always great. I there they have there are pictures of next Sunday's episode and Daenerys has her hair um, kind of. It doesn't look as well put together, which we know is something, obviously, with she no longer has her, her handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, Daenerys has added more braids throughout the this, this series because she's won more battles. She still uses that um, Dothraki kind of um, hair braid uh, yeah. system, I guess. Right. Um, and, yeah, it doesn't seem as if her 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 outfit has had started introducing a little more red into it. And some people are saying, oh, it's because she's more mad or it's because she's just they're adding more Targaryen stuff, but it is something that's kind of noticeable, and I, I just think it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, it, it totally is. I mean, we had uh, two two Fridays ago, I think we were talking about Sansa and what she was wearing and how it had all of the dragonflies and and, and, and the moths and the winged sort of uh, the elements to her, her dress, and what does that mean? There's something to it in the books, and, and they were driving there. There's a lot of, again, that source material that they could pull from. So, yeah, uh, every character's garment really, really matters. Says yeah. a lot, so that's cool. Yep. I like that. So, I, I like people pointing that kind of stuff out. So, absolutely. All right. Well, um, we just have a few quick bold predictions here, and I think I think that's just about it. So, Sir Ezra, let's each have one bold prediction for this uh, pen ultimate episode. Yeah. So I kind of held back on this last week. I, I was going to make my prediction then, but I knew it would either be this upcoming episode or the episode after that. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. There is you know, one true king. And he's been the one true king since the beginning, uh, s- since since the end of season uh, one. Stannis Baratheon. And I didn't see him die, okay? I, I heard what Brienne, you know, said. I, people have lied to us before, and for some reason, bold prediction, he's back. All right? Mm-hmm. So look out for that. Uh, Stannis Baratheon coming back. Get off me. Yeah. Hey, wow. I'd love it. Um, my bold prediction is, uh, let me see here. I have, have quite a few. I do think, I, I don't, I don't think it'd be bold to say that Daenerys, Daenerys defeats Cersei and, and, and sits on the throne, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say this episode ends with John stabbing Whoa. Daenerys. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. That would be, ugh. I mean, do we bring her back to life? I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. Melisandre's gone, right? So that sucks. That's that's yeah. dark, man. I don't know. That's just I think I think that's where they're going. Okay. So I like, I it. Daenerys, I like it. I think Danny goes. I think Danny goes mad and the whole deal. Yeah. So okay. All right. Well, uh, we have one kind of announcement here. Um, yeah. Sir Ezra, if you will. Yeah, so we just wanted to, I mean, Sir Matt and I do 
other projects we i mean right now our, our baby is 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 bend the knee all right mm-hmm. and and we we love it we've been youtubing and and podcasting about it for a long time uh big fans of the show big fans of the book series as you guys know we're just like you guys and we love pouring over the text and things so this is our our flagship podcast if you will but uh we do have other projects out there that we want to kind of you know cue you guys in on uh, I know Sir Matt does a uh, box trick, kind of a retro mm-hmm. gaming uh, video game podcast, and mm-hmm. I, I've yeah, been and on that before. It's a lot of fun. Have, yeah, we have a lot of listeners who have come from both. And uh, Sir Ezra, you also do a Lord of the Rings podcast called Up Talking Tolkien. I know, uh, yeah. Lord uh, Lord Jason Ross, one of our our listeners, uh, is a big fan of 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 that as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's an unexpected podcast where we just kind of we're doing another reread. We're reading chapter by chapter mm-hmm. through Lord of the Rings. So that's a lot of fun. So those are our current projects. We are working, and I just wanted to put this name out there because it's coming right after the show. Once we're done with the show, but uh, I'm gonna go, it, once it's said, Sir Matt, and once like as you said, once it gets on yeah, Twitter. Now, now that now that you talked about it a little bit, it's it's happening. Yeah, so. it's happening. So. Uh, hyperspace hangout. We just wanted to put this plug out there. It's a it's a podcast we've been working on, and we're looking uh, to to get that going. We just don't have time during the show to really right. Yeah, right. Right now, right now, everything all hundred percent focus needs to be on on Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. So but we thought while we had new listeners, people coming in, you know, if you're interested in other genres, uh, fandoms, whatever it may be, we have a couple for you, so you can go check those out, and we'd love to have you on those podcasts and we, we collaborate together we do different things so matt and i have a, a plethora of projects that we have put together and been working on and, and it's, it's, it's gonna be great so stay tuned this summer mm-hmm. we've got a lot of work to do and we're excited to bring you guys some some really cool content uh, in other fandoms and in the we're ready to dive back into the books we've already got another collaboration kind of lined up with order of the green hand over yep. the summer and and they're kind of a I'll say this right now they're kind of a controversial uh, podcast they're a, a, a YouTube channel and I like it I like the edginess I enjoy listening yeah. to different thoughts things that are outside of the box so yeah so we're hoping to do I'm more excited. of that in the future yeah so alright guys well we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones in our next episode we will be discussing season 8 episode 5 Yeah. Uh, If you like our podcast, don't forget to uh, subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember, fire and blood.